Welcome to Walk with the Wise, along with First Presbyterian Church of Lancaster, Pennsylvania, where you'll find a joyful community on our way to becoming mature human beings that go back out to love our crazy world. I'm Pastor Dan Snyder, and I'm here as always with Andy Kindig. Hi, Andy. Hey, Dan. Welcome again. Thank you for joining us to our latest episode of Walk with the Wise. Just a reminder for you to subscribe, share a, share our podcast, find us on most of the major streaming platforms. Today, we have with us Guy McIntosh, Executive Director of the Lancaster Symphony Orchestra. Uh, but Dan, where did this idea come from for Walk with the Wise? So maybe bring our listeners back up to speed, just give a little bit of background on why, why you chose this. Well, I've always been intrigued by the Magi in Matthew's Gospel. Uh, they used their wisdom to make a 500-mile journey to worship Christ the King, and it makes me think of the Magi, the wise women and men who live among us and all the wisdom that they discover on their journeys in life. So in this podcast, we get to hear those beautiful life lessons. So today we are here with Guy McIntosh, the executive director of the Lancaster Symphony Orchestra. Guy, welcome. Thank you so much. So happy to be here. And Guy, what exactly does the executive director of a symphony do? Oh my gosh, there's uh, uh, I guess that's the a better world. question is what doesn't the executive <laughs> director do? True. So, yeah, yeah. It's just about everything. I mean, yeah. with any nonprofit, the executive director of a nonprofit does just about everything, or at least has to have a hand in everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, one of the things that um, I've discovered as we've been in partnership, we found, I think we started our partnership before COVID. Yeah, sli- then, slightly just before COVID. Yeah. That's right. Like you've tried a couple uh, concerts here in our sanctuary and uh, and then during I think COVID- we had a rehearsal in February right before the pandemic. Oh, is that um, right? Yeah. And uh, Sure Call. Oh, let wow. Let us use it because... We were going to the Fulton for that performance, but we yeah. were trying to work it out with the Fulton because they had a rehearsal that they were trying to get. And we we're like, well, let's be accommodating. Let's figure this out and talk to you. You guys were so welcoming to let us rehearse um, in the in the basement here. Oh, yeah. We have so many folks here that love the symphony, and we were eager to be a, uh, to be a partner with you. And uh, I think it's been really, really great. It's been fun to uh, work together and watch. I think probably each other. I, think, I mean, it's been amazing how kind and generous everyone here uh, at Christ Presbyterian has been to the symphony. I mean, yeah. you've given us a home for the last two years. Well, is... you've been an easy partner to uh, <laughs> to work with. I hope so. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, COVID was quite a blow to the performing arts community. You know, uh, we have several uh, people who are theater people here in the church. Uh, Andy's one of those people. And we were just very aware of how that really, uh, really affected you. Audiences couldn't yeah. meet, and uh, you know you, your venue changed in the middle of that. You lost that. You were without a conductor. What other? I mean, what are some of the other things that? Oh uh, yeah, um, it was an interesting time to say the least. Um, and I mean, a lot of things even started before the pandemic. I mean, I actually started in this role in January 2020. So about three months before the pandemic started. And we knew that we were going to have a pretty long road ahead of us. 
Um, we had a lot of things that needed to be fixed with the symphony. Um, we were also going through a transition. Um, our previous music director of 40 years, Stephen Gunzenhauser, was retiring, um, which would have been May 2020, which was supposed to be right. his retirement. Wow. Um, so we knew we were going to go through major changes with that, having to search for a new music director. Um, so in January, we started making plans for everything, and then everything kind of got derailed um, right. right in March. Um, but it's, it, was, it was an interesting time, but there were actually some good things that came out of it. Um, we, with all the changes we knew we were going to have to make, I mean, one of the, the main things that I entered the role in January was how do we be a leader and a partner here in Lancaster? How do uh -huh. we support kind of everything that makes Lancaster Lancaster, which to me is the plethora of arts opportunities and all the wow. cultural things that you can do here in Lancaster that make Lancaster vibrant and an exciting place to live. Yeah. And how can we be a community player within that landscape? Yeah. Um, for a long time, the symphony kind of went its own way and was kind of a one man band here in Lancaster. Mm -hmm. um, and I knew immediately when I took over that was the big thing we had to change. Um, and that got incrementally or exponentially harder um, once COVID hit. I, I can't even imagine that. I mean, uh, to try to change the vision of organization, you know, only a couple months into a pandemic. Yeah. But actually, but, there are things. But you that, said that that was sort of a. It sounded like it was kind of a gift at the same time. It was. I mean, for an organization that wants to kind of change and be more of a partner here in the right. community, what COVID did was everyone was looking for new opportunities or new ways to kind of collaborate or explore or do something with a partner to make it easier to do it together. Right. Um, so doors were opened. Um, during the pandemic, where we could do things, uh, virtual collaborations with other organizations. Um, the first thing we did uh, when we kind of launched what was our virtual season um, in 2020-21 uh, was we collaborated with the Penn Square Music Festival here in Lancaster, um, the opera company here, oh, and did a whole week-long virtual music festival uh, with collaborations with them. Wow, wow. Um, yeah, virtual stuff, I think, all over this, the county was something we kind of knew in the background that someday we'd have to explore and yeah. play with, but now suddenly we had we had to do it. I mean, another thing, I mean, when I started, I knew I wanted to change about the symphony was um, for 40 years we had a great conductor. Uh, he really transformed the symphony into a professional uh, performing arts organization uh, right. with professional musicians, so you can certainly credit Stephen with that. Um, but it was... Really, um, someone at the top, and then we had musicians. Um, okay. I'm a musician in the orchestra. I've been a member of the Lancaster Symphony in the trumpet section since uh, 2010. And immediately when I took over, I wanted to give musicians a more active role in the symphony. Sure. And what the pandemic did was al allow us to do that really quickly, um, allow us to look at what is the symphony's number one asset. It's not one person. It's the whole of the organization. Yes. It's our musicians. Um, so right when the pandemic hit, we added some musicians to our board of directors. Uh, we talked to all the musicians um, to kind of figure out ways that we could help them during the pandemic when there, there wasn't any performance opportunity for them. There wasn't any sort of cash flow for them. Um, like, how can we keep you working? How can we do some projects that give you things to do and also allow us to connect to the community, to give 
much needed artistic expression uh, that everyone needs right now during the pandemic. And um, we found some really interesting ways to do some virtual music things, uh, things where people are recorded at home to, I, well, I guess I learned a lot of new skills during that too. Um, <laughs> right. I learned how to do audio mastering and audio recording and video editing yeah. and all these different yeah. things. Um, so we had, in mean, one of the projects we did, we did um, the Marriage of Figaro Overture. So I had to create a, create a click track for everyone to play along to at home that they listen to and then record on their cell phones or some people wow. uh, invested in home audio equipment and recording equipment at home. Um, and everyone sent those in and we had to master each one individually, put them all together, sync them all up. And it, what, what turned out was actually incredible. Um, yeah just a, a screen with 42 different in instrumentalist performers all playing the same music together. Wow. And what came out, um, I think just about uh, 18,000 people viewed it, which was the kind of wow. largest number we've ever had of yes. viewing something online. Um, and we, we did a bunch of things like that. So we, we right. kept finding projects and ways to do that. Yeah. Um, and then eventually um, we continued that, but tried to figure out how we can do recordings in person safely. So we did a lot of those too, the following, um, the following spring still in the pandemic when we couldn't have an audience. Yeah. So I'm wondering if you um, would uh, ever consider, or now that you've uh, learned some of those techniques, do you th think that there might be a way that you would uh, do virtual things in the future? I mean, I know it's a tough, yeah. you, you know, uh, You've got a new conductor now, and and a lot of that's going to you know work together with with uh, him as well. But um, it sounds like you really picked up some really creative ideas that we are, did, yeah. And I haven't used them since the pandemic. Actually, right, right. They're, they're, I mean, we've been so focused on returning to live yes. music, that and that we, was a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Returning to live was a lot of work, and yeah. I mean, you guys obviously helped yeah, us a lot that, to right. to return to live music. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of been the focus, and I think that's really where it should be, especially for a sure. symphony orchestra. Sure. Um, now we are, um, we've always kind of kept it on the back burner, so it's always an idea that we've had, like how can we kind of bring this back and still like have some uh, online things that people can enjoy. Yeah, because it connected, I'm sure, with an audience. It did. That yeah. uh, we discovered that too, that we had an at-home audience that that we were never really connecting with. That I'm sure you connected with a group of people that yeah. you, you wouldn't either. So what, uh, in the middle of all that, um, what did you discover about Lancaster? Uh, as there, uh, you know, I discovered Lancaster's heart for the performing arts and what were some, what did that look like for, for you as I this mean, community I, cared? I discovered that, even though, I mean, Lancaster is a lot of kind of individual organizations that do their own thing, as soon as you make the, the offer or the ask to collaborate, people are so willing to do it. It's like, a, oh, this is a brand new idea. I'd love to do that. And I mean, I think it's not a new idea anymore, especially after the pandemic. People have really learned how to do it. And that's been something that we've kind of continued as we've done live performances is keeping those conversations open of how we can con continue to collaborate with people. Um, one of our uh, concerts last season um, was a collaboration with um, Ukrainian aid organization. Oh, um, right. I remember to that. Bring 
um, kind of highlight what's going on, uh, still going on over there, um, and uh, fundraise a little bit for, for the efforts over there, um, which was a, a huge success here in Lancaster. Um, they raised over $20,000 from wow, that Wow, I didn't know that. Um, That's tremendous. And, I mean, we're in conversations still with um, how we can do an opera with uh, the Penn Square and how we can collaborate with other organizations. Next season, um, we're kind of starting talks because one of the concerts we're looking at is a collaboration with a, a, a theater company. Um, and uh, it's a... Oh, they not, and also can collaborate with a lot of the refugee organizations here in Lancaster, which is a oh, huge sure. thing. Um, Lancaster is kind of one of the largest re- refugee right. places in the country per capita uh, for the size of the organization. Um, but we're playing a piece um, called Ellis Island, uh, which kind of speaks to um, not quite what... Uh, it is now, but mm-hmm. um, kind of the, the early history of America being kind of a welcoming place for all. Yes. Um, and there's um, there's a lot of stories that are told by actors and videos that go along with it. So there'll be opportunities to collaborate there. And then we're also looking at next season what what outside of the arts organizations here in Lancaster, what makes Lancaster Lancaster? Well, I mean, mm-hmm. Lancaster is... A, a huge proponent of uh, the natural world and uh, conservation and right, um, yes. kind of saving land, keeping Lancaster um, kind of ha- having its farms and its uh, rivers and all, all the things that make Lancaster beautiful around the county. Um, so one of our concerts is also going to be focused on that. And we're looking at collaboration with some of the nonprofits that work in that field as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I hear partnership in everything you're saying. Yeah. You so, I mean, that, that's, that's yeah. what we need to do. Every, yes. every organization here in Lancaster needs to partner. Right. Because um, it, it makes the community better. It um, kind of highlights all of our causes, which are all important. Mm-hmm. I know I, I have a preference to the, the cause of art yeah. and performance, yeah. but um, everything that makes a better world to live is important. Yeah. I, I think that um, the, the future, any, any organization that thinks that they're going to do it all by themselves. That's oh, impossible. Is, yeah. it, it, I think they're deluded yeah. you know the the understanding that we need each other and that i don't have to be the you know as the leader of this church i don't have to be the performing arts person because i know you've got that yeah. right and i can help be a leader in the faith community and you don't have to worry about that so you know i think that's the kind of thing is we trust each other yeah. discover our skills and then uh, work together and work together yeah. no, I, and i heard something that uh in these last few little points that I know has rang true to me is I I've noticed your outreach to the younger audience grow more as well. Yeah. And in the, I mean, there's a lot of programs that the symphony has run for a long time, but hasn't necessarily, I mean, we've always focused on them, but we haven't highlighted them or thought like, how can we improve these and how do they really kind of improve the quality of life here in Lancaster? How do they really help the, uh, people that we want to help through music. Yeah. Um, and the pandemic also gave us time to rethink all of that. Um, actually, the first committee we formed during the pandemic um, was our education and outreach committee. And first thing we did is we add, uh, added a school administrator, arts administrator from the school district of Lancaster, uh, three elementary music educators from the school district of Lancaster, uh, musicians from our orchestra, and formed a really strong committee asking the question, what programs can we do now during the pandemic that will have an impact and keep students interested in learning music and interested in engaging with music? Um, 
and we, we found ways during the pandemic to do that. We started a new program where also giving, giving opportunities to our uh, musicians to engage with our community virtually. Um, we had musicians zooming into classrooms um, around uh, the school district of Lancaster, mainly elementary schools, uh, to kind of give some mentorship, give some support to the teachers, and um, give some fun to the kids, watch a, a professional musician perform a little bit, and be able to ask them questions. Um, and that was really successful during the pandemic. And that's something that we've continued now. They're going into the schools and doing it live. Have you really? Um, which has been great. We call How that fun. program Stand Partners. So it's, it's almost like a musician adopting a classroom program. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. And we yeah. did... Um, some virtual uh, virtual performances for kids. Uh, we still uh, loaned out uh, school instruments, and um, kids could obviously keep them at home and keep practicing um, during the pandemic. Um, and then all of our virtual concerts that we did, we kept them all free. Um, Is that right? So a lot of orchestras figured out how to do virtual performances, and they um, were selling tickets to watch the concerts. But during the pandemic, we really thought it was important to give back to Lancaster. So mm. all, I think it was you. 18 different performances that we did, which is more than we do in a normal season live. So we actually wow. kind of did more during the pandemic wow. than we normally do. Uh, but we released them all free, um, which I hope the community enjoyed. It seems like we had a lot of views on things and people, we had a lot yeah. of comments of how this really helped me through today. Because yes. the pandemic was all day to day. You, you live your life one day at a time. And right. Every day you've got ups and downs. And it's a very, very interesting time, I think, for everyone. Yeah. Um, and we all had a shared experience during that. We all went through a global pandemic together. Right. Um, and, and, it's, and what you were doing, just let everybody know that you're still here, that you're with us in it. That, uh, well, I mean, we're, we're with each other in this. Yeah. We're together in this. But I think what... I'm trying to say is that uh, all that you did continue to show up in our world yeah. as people that needed music, that needed arts yeah. in, a, in, a, in a real critical time. Yeah, I think we all, we found that out as well, uh, doing oh online services and stuff like that, how the music is something that even in a virtual world or you know, on a screen can still have these sense memories mm -hmm. and like bring people together. You know, and that, so I, I think that's, it's amazing that those your recordings are still out there for people to find yeah. and will be be out there to kind of have that memory and uh, take people back to when they maybe saw it the first time. So it is fun to go back and watch them sometimes, and it's, it's <laughs> like I can't believe we did this. Right. <laughs> well, when we go back and watch our early things, well, yeah, this well, pastor I, says I can't believe we still keep those yeah. up. up uh, like, yeah, you always you. I guess you can say I can't believe we did this in two ways. You can right. say. I can't believe we did this. <laughs> right? <laughs> True. That's where, it, yeah. Yeah, where the emphasis yeah. is. And I can't believe segment. we did this. Yeah, and I, I know. I, we, we have some of those, too. <laughs> I know. I mean, if and you can actually look through the progression. Um, well, I can, because, I mean, I was in the background doing a lot of these things and putting them all together. Like, the things that you learn and how they get better over time yeah. and the different things that you can add and kind of just polishing things. Yeah. Um, so if, if anyone goes back and watches them, if you watch the earlier ones, I'm still very proud of them. But yeah. the, the later ones uh, kind of pull out all the stops a little bit more. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. Totally. So, uh, Guy, tell us, um, how did the symphony stay true to who it was uh, through COVID? Because sometimes when an organization's going through that much change, it's easy to lose yourself 
it's easy when you're sometimes just throwing jello at the wall to see what sticks and say, I don't know, let's just try this, that you get off course. But I have watched now that you're, uh, uh, you know, that, that you've got a conductor, you're back. It, it feels like you're fully back. Yeah. And there's still something there that is the core of what LSO has always been for Lancaster amidst all this flowering and flourishing that you described as well. There's still a trunk there. How did you do that? I mean, how were you able to? Well, keep that I mean, it, I mean, in some regards, again, we were, we found some fortune in COVID um, because COVID because we knew we were going to have to make some changes. I mean, there's been, there are great tenants of the Lancaster Symphony, um, both as a incredible performing arts organization with amazing musicians and the concerts that we bring to Lancaster and kind of what, what we give back to Lancaster through uh, performance opportunities and shared symphonic experiences, I like to call them. Um, music's always better with an audience and together. Yeah. Um, but during the pandemic, we had to rethink all that and we kind of created new tenants of the orchestra and i like to think of them as well our main tenant is we are an organization of incredible musicians um we actually redid our mission statement and our the first sentence of our mission statement um isn't really a mission but it's it's really a statement it says the lancaster symphony orchestra is a organization of professional musicians so that's that's the first thing we start with. And um, I think we've stayed true to that with the collaborations that we've done with musicians and how musicians have a voice in the symphony. Um, our board chair and vice chair are both musicians in the orchestra, oh, along with a board good. of um, really dedicated uh, community members who are very dedicated good. to our cause. Um, next thing is, what do we give back to Lancaster um, through education and outreach? So that's been a, a main tenet of what we do moving forward. And what do we do for Lancaster as an artistic organization? What do we give back artistically uh, through those shared ex- symphonic experiences? So those three things are musicians, education and outreach, and quality shared symphonic experiences. Um, as we've come back live, we've continued all those things. Um, musicians are still going into schools and um, doing sessions with our students here. Um, we're continuing kind of the, the free performance aspect because we've, we've added the LSO Neighborhood Series yes. um, and That's... really bolstered and strengthened all of our education yeah. programs, which we've been, we've been able to continue in, now that we've come back live. And yeah, talk about that neighborhood yeah. series. I think yeah, some of our yeah. listeners might not know yet what that's about. That's an exciting thing. So that Explain was a that. that was a progression from kind of our decision to release all of our, our virtual content free. So how do we continue something like that now that we are performing live again? Um, and it also gave us an, an opportunity because last season it was all about auditioning the next music director. Um, so we, we had 90, 192 applicants to be our next music director from all around the country, all around the world. A lot of people wanting to get involved with what we were doing. I think all That's the virtual exciting. things we did kind of played into that, too. People saw, right. well, Lancaster's doing quite a bit. This is really cool. I want to be a part of this. And yeah. um, So from those 192 applicants, um, 
over six months. We interviewed a lot of them, went through tons of resumes, and came down with four candidates to bring to Lancaster to audition for the community to give our audience and community an opportunity to kind of weigh in, let us know who they liked the best, give musicians an opportunity to let, let us know who they liked working with the best, who really um, uplisted the artistic quality of the organization. Um, and I thought, well, how can we continue doing, giving something back free that everyone, uh, doesn't matter what your socioeconomic background is, or even what your kind of experiences with classical music, like we want it to be accessible and fun and an easy entry to experiencing this shared symphonic experience that we really exist for. Um, so we started the LSO Neighborhood Series, and part of that was also to give um, our candidates, the four candidates, an opportunity to showcase what they would bring to Lancaster in terms of outreach and designing a community um, and education program for the community, um, and give it back free to, the, to, to all Lancasters, uh, all Lancastrians to enjoy. Uh, so they each did four. Um, LSO Neighborhood Series, and they were all completely different. Um, one of them was all about kind of highlighting everything that uh, professional civity can do. So little short snippets of music. Um, there were like 12 pieces on that concert, all between like two and four minutes showcasing kind of the broad. Um, I like to think of professional musicians, classical musicians, as musicians that can play anything. Um, they really sit down and read whatever type of music is in front of it. It's not, we're not classical. We're not a classical symphony orchestra. We're a symphony orchestra, which means we can play everything. Oh, good distinction. Yeah. So that, that concert was all about um, kind of showcasing what the symphony can do. And it was, uh, I think the candidate, who was Jace uh, Ogren, um, called it his uh, fall 2021 playlist. Of, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, and then the next concert um, with uh, David Delta Geyer, who was one of the candidates, he wanted to showcase kind of Lancaster's diversity and what, what makes Lancaster Lancaster. Well, we have a huge Puerto Rican population here in Lancaster. So he wanted to bring in a Puerto Rican composer uh, who is really incredible, uh, Roberto Sierra. And he did a talk back during, during the concert where we could kind of get an inside look into his music. Uh, so he actually zoomed in by video um, during that performance and we performed some of his pieces. Um, oh, how fun. And then Michael Butterman, who ended up becoming our music director. Um, he has a history. He was, uh, for 19 years, the uh, director of education and community engagement for the Ro Rochester Philharmonic. So his background's kind of in designing these kinds of programs. He, he brought that gift with him, yeah. So he developed a program. He wanted to have a food truck festival before his concert and called it and call it the Barbecue of Seville, <laughs> which, I mean, the only tie to... <laughs> that title is that we played the Barber of Seville Overture to start the concert, but then the concert was all about the world of rhythm. Uh, so it was all about rhythm around the world and kind of what a symphony can do in terms of rhythm. So it was all different types of music. And he thought, well, how can we collaborate with some other organizations and bring that aspect into this too? So we were able to collaborate with Music for Everyone, bring in a drum circle to perform with the orchestra. Oh, yes. We brought in a beatboxer to perform with the orchestra. Uh, we had... And then we had, we were supposed to have a food truck festival before the concert, but unfortunately it was rained out. But we uh, were able to use uh, your basement to right. have some student performances from Swan, which is another nonprofit here in Lancaster, and Music yeah. for Everyone Kids performing. And that concert kind of touched all aspects. It yeah. um, 
really was amazing to see so many different people at the symphony to enjoy a concert that was designed for them, made for them and accessible to them. Um, and then our last concert, um, neighborhood concert that uh, season, um, we performed a concert that was all about um, kind of going out in Lancaster, um, either going out and enjoying a drink or different food. Uh, so it was kind of to highlight all the different restaurants here. So all the music was was tied to kind of having a fun time going out. And there were a lot of opera things from the uh, uh, box coffee cantata. So all about drinking coffee um, <laughs> to a champagne aria. Um, so all things like that, um, all about kind of having a party. And the goal was that of that was to speak to kind of a a younger, more millennial generation sure. to get people involved in coming to the symphony. And we've continued that this year. We have a neighbor, neighborhood series actually this um, Sunday coming up. Well, I guess it'll be, this will release afterwards. Yeah, so. but when we <laughs> recorded this, the yeah. Sunday after we yeah. recorded. So yes, hopefully course, yeah. everyone <laughs> listening came to that concert. Yeah, right? yes, they <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, Well, okay, I, I'm going to um, chime in now because I always take a little bit of time we get to know our guests a little bit beyond what they do. Um, so hold on. All right. Oh, wow. We got oh, a new sound effect. That's uh, a new sound that's effect. That's kind of fun. <laughs> I love it. And it, well, it was, uh, that I was think, not guy on the trumpet no, though. It was yes, jazz trumpet, uh, which is appropriate for guy Macintosh here. So, uh, guy, we've got a few questions for you. I just get, get to know you just a little bit more. Uh, the first one actually, uh, is great for what you were just talking about. What is your end-of-the-day drink? End-of-the-day drink. Well, I think I'm drinking a lot less than I did during COVID. Uh-huh. <laughs> <But> yeah, that's... <laughs> We're all trying. Yeah, I think that's a common theme, yes. Um, I mean, I think my favorite drink is probably a Negroni, okay. uh, which is oh, equal parts yeah. uh, gin, sweet vermouth, and Campari mm-hmm. uh, with an orange slice. That's my probably oh, favorite Oh, the orange cocktail. slice. Yeah, yeah that would do it. Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think it's kind of a mark of a really good bartender if they can make a good one. Yes, yeah. that is true. It's I've, equal I've had parts, bad but it's before. not quite equal. You need to know the exact <laughs> proportion. Yeah. yeah. Um, so going along with that, what is your um, what is your favorite guilty snack? Ooh, I'm addicted to sugar. So mm. pretty much anything sugar, which is, <laughs> well, not difficult for me, but I think difficult for my partner who she... Uh, tries to stick to keto, and I always have sweet things around the house. So, <laughs> mm. so sweet instead of savory. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. This is a this is a new one this week. If you had a superpower, what would it be? Oh, I think. I mean, I guess it's pretty cliche, but I think I'd like to be able to fly. Uh, that is a that is a, a common one yeah. there, isn't it? <laughs> um, all right. Uh, and the last one is uh, we'll get slightly more serious. We always ask for. Is there a quote that's kind of been floating in your brain that you kind of either take with you through the day or maybe something that has landed in, on your ear over the last uh, a few days that kind of sticking with you? Hmm. I mean, I would, I don't, I'm not really a quote person, but um, there is a quote that I really enjoy. And I think, I mean, it, it certainly applies to my partner, but, um, and I think you, you may have been at this wedding where they said it during their vows. I love you and I like you. And I think, I think that applies to even more than the person that you truly love and like, but it can apply. We're supposed to love everyone, but I think we can also try to like everyone. And I think if we try to like everyone, it means that you're being kind to everyone and you can find kind of enjoyment in everyone's company. Yeah. 
Well, that's yeah. a great sentiment to take with you through the day. Yeah. I think that's a Parks and Rec quote. I think it is. Yeah. I think it does. <laughs> I mean, I'm originated. Yeah. And I think it's from one of the wedding episodes yeah. in that. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, I won't play out with the jazz horn, but um, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, getting, getting to know guys just a little bit more. Uh, I don't want to say a little deeper, but maybe uh, with that last quote. So thank you, Guy. Uh, so, Dan, let's let's keep talking. I know we, we have a few more things we want to touch base with, with Guy, kind of draw that wisdom out of him. Uh, yeah. What do we got? You know, it, I'm wondering, Guy, how... You're giving me more credit than... <laughs> well, no, I, I think you've led well, so well through the pandemic. A lot of leaders did in Lancaster. And I, I just, I think it's uh, worthy of a celebration. Um, but I, I'm just wondering, you know, we asked about how the symphony stayed true to itself through the pandemic. You had a lot to do with that. Um, how about you? How did you stay true to yourself? It seems to me with your mix of creativity and, you know, executive thinking, which is a, a, a really, uh, unique blend, uh, for, for a human being that you were just the right person at just the right time, um, to be able to lead through this challenge. Um, how did you stay true to who you were, and, and, and did I get it right that uh, that that was kind of your your super your superpower coming into uh, into COVID there? Um, well, thank you. I mean, that's incredibly kind to say. I mean, we did make it through. We are yeah. still here, and I think we're stronger than we were before. I agree. Um, it yeah, it was a lot of work, but um, how did I stay true to myself? Um, well, I mean it. You always try to be kind to people. I always try to, I mean, and that, that goes back to collaboration, like collaborating through kindness and op- having that open doors. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of my wonder, number one tenant is when you're uh, working with people or talking to people or collaborating with people is how can you do this kindly and how can you make everyone feel comfortable and it helps for everyone to see the benefits of collaboration. It helps for everyone to see the benefits of what it brings to the community. Um, and I think that helped. I think that kept things through. And I, I still try to, I mean, it's not always easy, but I still try to kind of live true to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, the pandemic was difficult. It was, oh my. I mean, it was day, day by day. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And you had, uh, you had school like, uh, Oh yeah, we did virtual school. And actually we, I mean, we, we were, I mean, there were a lot of people in Lancaster that did, but, um, we took COVID very seriously, Mm -hmm. um, especially at the beginning and even maybe a little too long, Mm -hmm. but, um, so we kept, um, our, our son Hugo, um, virtual for, uh, well, two full years, basically, plus the, the end of the school year from the, from the pandemic started, um, so we did a lot of virtual schooling. Um, we worked from home quite a bit, which is difficult because the the work day ends up extending all day, and then you just keep working because you mm-hmm. get in the zone. And <laughs> right, I guess I'm a little bit of a workaholic, but it's kind of what, what was needed at that time. Yeah, um, those can be really stressful on on family units. Yeah, you know? uh, but I mean, it made us stronger. It like we. Uh, we survived it and came out stronger. Like we can do this. We did this. We can do anything. Right. And we still love and like each other. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it was, a, we, we found things to do outside that were safe and we always took little adventures and 
Um, I've always enjoyed going around Lancaster and seeing all the different things outside and going to the different parks and different um, undiscovered things. And um, I've been doing that for years, even before the pandemic. It's part of why I love Lancaster and wanted to move up here. Yeah. I, I was thrilled to see how many uh, young families were getting their kids outside. I mean, it, and uh, it could have been, I mean, it sounds like that's something that was always an interest for you, but then it was fun to see families who'd never done outdoor mm -hmm. um, things to say, we just have to get out of the house <laughs> or, get me out or of we're going to kill each other or, or, you know, or whatever. But, uh, cause that kindness you're talking about really does rub off, but it has, has those break points, you know, if you don't find a way to, to, uh, well, as long as, as, long as you keep it in mind, you could always get back to it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's work. It's, it is work, it's but work it's worth it. Yeah. yeah. It's worth it's, it. It's totally worth yeah, it. Yeah. It's the work that's worth it. You know, uh, so we, when we talk about, uh, maturity here at the church, we talk about people being able to go through difficulty, do hard things, because some people haven't learned that yet, but yeah. when you can do hard things and still stay true to who you are, that that's a real sign of maturity. And I think the symphony did that. And, um, you know, probably got a, I got a little closer uh, view from watching you get through that. And, um, but it really do. I would agree that uh, it just looks like that whole system got stronger and and more mature. I think, it, which is uh, what you're ready to yeah show us now that the new season will be starting. And uh, I think the seventies really coming into yeah. its own. It's really especially it really with is. the new music director and the direction that Michael is taking things. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm excited for the. It's gift. fun to watch. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, fun it really. To be a it, part it's of been it. fun and, to kind of yeah. see you at this vantage point too. Hey, is there anything else you want to share with the with our listeners? Um, well, we are moving to a new venue next year. Um, and while we are incredibly sad to, to leave First Presbyterian, but we will be back. We're still going to be doing some things here. Yeah, um, I hope so. I think we built a great relationship here and we want to continue, yep. continue that. Um, but we are moving to a new venue next year, the Gardner Theater, uh, new Gardner Theater at Lancaster Country Day School, mm -hmm. uh, which opened in 2021, uh, but it's just now kind of coming into its own now that we're kind of in a post-pandemic world. Um, and it's, it's great. It's beautiful. Um, it's a little bit, there's a little bit more seating than there is room. here. Yep. Yeah. Um, we can fit a full orchestra um, comfortably yeah. on stage. <laughs> uh, we can do any type of music. Uh, we've been a little bit limited in what we can play in the church just because of the acoustics. And we haven't figured out how to put a piano on stage here. Right. In front yes. of the orchestra. So we're actually, next season, we're doing three piano concertos to kind of make up oh, for good. lost time. <laughs> there oh, you go. Good. <laughs> and you won't have to move our pulpit around anymore. That's yeah. right. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're really looking forward to it. I think the community is excited about it just to see the symphony in a place that's um, designed for uh, a full symphony. Um, but we are going to miss the kind of monthly uh, relationship that we've had here. Yeah. Um, it's really been incredible. Um, and so so welcoming and so easy to work with and kind, which is yeah. the main thing. Everyone yeah. here is so kind. Well, thanks for saying that because we've felt the same and and uh, we we know that uh, there's uh, we were so grateful to uh, hear the Messiah have the Messiah 
That's done coming in its back. fullness. It's coming <laughs> back. Yeah. Oh, he said it yeah. out loud. He said it. For it's, sure. official. <laughs> it's official. <laughs> it's official. Yeah, to hear the again. whole Messiah. Maybe yeah. it's a new tradition. Maybe yeah. we yeah. we would not uh, be opposed to that. But that's one of the uh, things that's coming back to First Presbyterian in December. Excellent. Um, excellent. And we might, I think we might do, make it a little bit different than last year. Uh, okay. So Mozart uh, orchestrated the Messiah, reorchestrated it, uh, which is beautiful. Um, we're going to try to get the choir to sing it in German. Oh, um, wow. That's great. That would and, be fun. Um, so, yeah, uh, we might be doing the the same one, but we might be doing the Mozart version just to right. keep a little bit different. Because, um, I mean, it's beautiful, the orchestration. Well, that kind of stuff fits really well in a church sanctuary. Oh, yeah. And yeah. we're just such a, have such a privilege to be able to be the, the place that you guys picked for that. So, yeah. Yeah. That's terrific. Well, thank you, Guy, for joining us. Uh, it has been a great uh, experience to listen through your, you and how to you and how you have walked through these last few years and the wisdom that you've gained from it. Make sure you're checking out Lancaster Symphony, LancasterSymphony.org, that you're subscribing to Walk with the Wise. You can find us on most of the uh, pl- streaming platforms for podcasts and check us out at FPCLancasterPA.org. Guy, thanks again. Thank you so much. 